0: light treason news, everyone, pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm your host, Alison Kilkenny. And listen, today's episode might be a little weird because currently there is a fire alarm going off in my building. And I can't tell if it's like an oopsie fire alarm or if perhaps we should be evacuating. So I might have to... um pause the episode hopefully you can't hear the alarm going off right now i don't think you can but um listen i'm just going to say at the top of the episode the fire alarm is a good metaphor for how things are going right now sometimes uh one loses their primary source of income that would be me hi hello um, so if you have been waiting to become a member at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny or the show itself, lighttreason.news, and you're able to do so comfortably and it's not a, a financial hit for you, why don't you sign up at the five, ten dollar a month? level. You get to skip the line. You get to send in questions that I'll answer on Light Treason News. We have a bunch of questions we're going to get to in the pop culture section. But I just wanted to thank Mark, who just signed up at my Patreon. Boy, howdy, Mark. Did I need that donation? So thank you. Um, You know, we're we're dealing with a lot over here. There are fire alarms. There's... um, redundancy, there's two senior cats who have one health thing after another, let me tell you, you love them, but uh, if anybody's thinking of adopting, I'll just say this, take into consideration the senior years, because cats can live up to a quarter of a century, and a lot of that won't be in good health, so everything's fine, everybody's comfortable, but just, um, you know... It's it's a challenge, let's say. Okay, enough of that. Uh, Oh, as I stopped saying that, I think the alarm stopped. It did. Wow. Okay, so uh, that's a great transition into questions, comments, recommendations. We love getting them all from you guys. So Brian writes in, I actually finished this book before the last episode went up but I didn't want to risk hogging the recommendations. Thank you, Brian. Very thoughtful of you. Uh, the book in question is a sci-fi anthology book called Escape Pod, celebrating the 15th anniversary of the short fiction podcast of the same name. I was just about to say that is a great name for a podcast, Escape Pod. It's got stories by pretty big names in the genre, like John Scalzi, Cory uh, Doctorow, and N. Kane. N.K. Jemison. I don't know that why that was so difficult for me to say. Uh, there's not a bad story in the bunch, in my opinion, with the worst I can say about any of them being just, they're okay. And several of the stories included, despite being written before last year's Black Lives Matter uprisings, hit a lot harder now. And if there's anyone listening to this who has read... <laughs> Mur Lafferty's Hugo Award-nominated novel Six Wakes. The anthology includes a short story that sets up events for the forthcoming, as yet, untitled sequel. Brian, thank you. Guys, I went to the eye doctor this morning, and I'm just realizing now she put drops in my eyes. And I don't know what's happening, but it's very hard for me to read off a screen right now. So, Brian, that was a completely coherent message you sent. I could not read it to save my life. So I hope that made sense. I hope everybody got the recommendation. Thank you, Brian, for sending that through. Next, we have a message from Jamie who writes, Oh, no, there's a go-ahead for general weird stories. So funny. Thank you for writing in. Yes, that's right. I put out the call a couple weeks ago, I think, You could just send general weird stories now. I just want, like, interesting things to read on the show. Your recommendations are always interesting, obviously. But we, for a while, were asking for ghost stories, and that was so fun. You know, no surprise, the ghost stories have slowed to a trickle because not everybody has a ghost story. But, yeah, just send whatever fucking – you know what? Send in the story that you tell at, like, parties where you're like, this always kills I'm going to share this story. All right. So Jamie writes, making this as short as I can, in Canada, there's a group you can join in your late teens that's basically hippie volunteerism, but within the country. When I did it, a local guy called us wanting help building a self-sustainable home, aka Earthship. Weird. All right. He told us National Geographic was going to be filming (laughs) for a show about it. All right. And he had a whole extra house for us to stay in. This fit our group's mandate, so we agreed. The fact that 10 kids and our two adult chaperones agreed to this isn't even the weird part. Okay, I'm glad you said that because that is very weird that they agreed to that. That, like, adults heard this and they were like, we're in. We get out to this tiny village in southern Ontario with one shared postal code and get to this guy's house. He does not have an extra house for us to stay in. He denies ever saying he did. Uh Uh-oh, you guys should have left then. This should have been enough for us to turn back. Yes, thank you. Maybe I should just read what you wrote and not uh, be editorializing this much. But we figure, hey, let's at least see this Earthship word. We drive out to a few acres of land and see that Nat Geo is, in fact, here. OK, so National Geographic is in the house. All right. We also see a door wedged into the side of a hill. There's a sign atop the door that reads ARC 2. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You guys should run. This is not an Earthship. This is a bunker. Oh, god. Nat Geo is filming Doomsday Preppers in season one, episode eight. You can see my group asking aging conspiracy theorist Bruce Beach, don't you get tired of waiting for the end of the world? There is much more if you want, but I've taken up enough space for now. Oh, buddy, do I want more? Yes, of course I want more about Doomsday Preppers. Right back in. What else happened? What else? Don't keep us waiting. You guys, that is a prime example of a story that I want to hear. Doomsday preppers, if, if you thought something was supposed to be one way and you showed up and it was like, oh, now we're in danger. Those are the stories I want. I want you showed up for a lovely Airbnb and it turned out to be a meth lab. Those are the stories I love hearing. Jay writes in, I'd like to give a music recommendation. Great. Thank you, Jay. Uh, the Last International. It's a socially aware band that has an energy and sensibility that I think you'd, pr- you'd appreciate. Jay, thank you so much. I'm going to say right now, and this is no shade at anyone, y'all are almost always wrong about what kind of music I like. It's not your fault. I have a very... Uh, I'm very finicky when it comes to what kind of music I like. So... Um, No shade, but you're almost always wrong. But maybe someone out there will like it. Uh, The last international, Nale. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, Brian. Man, Brian is active in the comments, which is great. We love it. And by the way, this is a great example. Thank you, Brian, for demonstrating for everyone. You can write in as many times as you want. If you are a supporter of mine on Patreon, you can be chatty. That is your right because you uh, contribute to the show. And also, you guys just are interesting people and always give recommend good recommendations. If you were, like, boring in the comments section, I would be like, okay, enough. But Brian always has good contributions. Brian posted, uh, this is less a weird story than an incredibly on-brand story for people who know me. Okay. Okay, I'll allow it. In the first grade, we held a mock election in class for then upcoming the then upcoming 1988 presidential race. Ugh, what is time, right? We're all old. My teacher put me in charge of marking the votes on the blackboard. On one ballot, one of my classmates put their check mark on the candidate candidate's face instead of in the box. And I tried to count it, and my teacher wanted me to throw it out. I argued with her on it, and I wish I could remember exactly what I said, because I won. I literally won my first political argument when I was six. What? (laughs) A downside to this, though, was said teacher now had it in for me for the rest of the school year. Oh, of course, you made her a fool, Brian, in front of everyone. Absolutely everyone. I'm not even kidding. She would punish me for everything, from using black crayons for clouds instead of white ones. Bitch, have you heard of rain? Stick your little head out the window next time rain's coming. What color are those clouds? Are they white? No, honey, they're black. White clouds. Get the fuck out of here. Um, For clapping my hands, oh, for clapping with my hands cupped instead of flat, the fuck is this woman's problem? By the way, I'm assuming she's a woman. Maybe I shouldn't do that because you just keep saying my teacher. No, no. I argued with her on it, you used a female pronoun, so it is as she. Um, for saying things that rhymed with swear words, this woman's a fascist. It was so obvious to my parents that I was being targeted that it got to the point where me getting suspended, which happened a lot in first grade, but hardly ever happened once I had different teachers, that's crazy that you were getting suspended led not to being grounded, but to being taken out for pizza and ice cream. Oh, good for your parents, Brian. That is fully crazy behavior of your teacher. She's a little fascist. She did not enjoy being made a fool in front of everyone. Um, Yeah, that is wild. That's another great example of stories that I love to hear. Like, it doesn't have to be completely off the wall uh uh-oh uh we have a doomsday prepper in our presence type stories but it can just be like a wild story like that like a gross injustice in your life that we can all be like (gasps) and very outraged about sometimes clouds are black sorry I'm really hung up on that this woman she is a fool you were she's such a fool that you were six years old and were like madam you're a fool and that must have cut her deep that a kid that young could clock it, you know? Which is why she started to act out, targeting you. Wow, I'm so glad I'm not a child in school anymore. Aren't you? Don't you ever, as an adult, just, like, get up in the morning and you're like, well, I could do whatever the fuck I want today and no one can say a thing I mean I guess if I broke the law I can be arrested so up to a point but for the most part nobody can tell me where to go nobody can tell me what to do I determine my days it is nice in that respect like being an adult is mostly the worst but every once in a while I'm like you flashback to being a kid when yeah if you got a mean teacher for the school year you were fucked you just had to eat shit for the entire year. Because what are you going to do? You're a stupid little kid. If you go to the principal and you're like, I have you know, a lot of disagreements with my teacher, your principal is going to be like, shut up and go back to class. You're a child. Which I'm not saying that's right. We should listen to little kids when little kids say stuff like, this adult is treating me poorly. Because children have autonomy and you should listen to them. All right, so recommendations, everybody. I do have many. I'm just going to offer a handful so as to not overwhelm everyone. But I highly, highly recommend this podcast in general, but especially this most recent episode. If you are not listening to the QAnon Anonymous podcast, uh, fix that immediately. Go subscribe. I am obsessed in general with QAnon coverage, but QAnon Anonymous does a really good job of doing deep dives into specific QAnon players, events, stuff like that. They just did an episode doing a deep dive into Jim Caviezel, and if you don't know who Jim Caviezel is, he's a very famous Hollywood actor, most famous for portraying um, our Lord Jesus Christ in Mel Gibson's batshit insane film which I saw in the theater I spent my little money and I went to go see it with a friend of mine I think with a friend of mine maybe I saw it with my mom I don't remember but uh we did see The Passion of the Christ and it is a wild ride but Jim Caviezel has Incorrectly claimed since then that he has been targeted by like evil left wing Hollywood and he's been blacklisted, even though that's not true. He has starred in major basic cable series that are watched by millions and millions of people. He has not been blacklisted, he's a very famous actor who makes a ton of money. He is one of the craziest people in the world, and I don't use that word lightly, and I don't use it to stigmatize people with mental illnesses, but just take my word for it, you have to listen to this podcast. He exhibits insane behavior in a way that is very funny, but also deeply concerning because he jeopardizes the safety and health of people on the movie set. He has done incredibly racist things. He he creates an incredibly toxic environment wherever he works. The stories are so batshit, you guys. And people who have worked with Jim write in anonymously to QAnon Anonymous to testify because I mean they're just concerned that this man continues to work. So listen to it. Uh, Dave Anthony is the the guest. If you uh, have ever listened to The Dollop, which is another great podcast, um, he is one of the, the hosts of that show. It's really, really like deeply funny but very interesting. It's fascinating and uh, very informative too. I feel like I know a lot more about um, Jim Caviesel and QAnon having listened to that podcast. So if you can't commit to an entirely new podcast – at least go listen to that episode. And I think it just behooves all of us to pay attention to QAnon and pay attention to fringe movements like that in general. And I don't just say that because that used to be my beat as a journalist um, m- monitoring the far right, basically. But I, I think we need to pay attention to all of these militia QAnon type movements because they're, they're very dangerous and they tend to fly under the radar because um, they're a bunch of... White Christian people. The people who don't get called terrorists when they should be called terrorists. Uh, Also in recommendations, everybody, on a lighter note, I have a couple comedies that I wanted to recommend. Girls 5 Eva is so fucking funny. If you watch 30 Rock and you're a fan of that type of um, machine gun rapid fire jokes comedy... Girls Five Eva is very much in that vein. It is a musical comedy, basically, about a girl group. Um, The great Paula Pell is in it. (laughs) And, like, truly anything Paula Pell is in, I will watch. Oh, I just realized I should also put something else in recommendations. Um, I'm going to put Hacks. Uh, which is on HBO in the recommendation section. When I started talking about Paula Pell, it reminded me of Jean Smart. We are in the middle of a full-blown Jean Smart renaissance right now, and I am here for it. It started with Watchmen, if you ever saw that limited series, which was great. Jean Smart was in that. Then she popped up again in Mayor of Easttown, which is also a great series on HBO. And now she's in Hacks, and she is wonderful. She plays sort of like um, a Joan Rivers-type character, somebody who's been in in comedy for roughly one million years and uh, has seen every phase of comedy, was the only woman in the room for a long time, and now she basically has a permanent residency in Vegas. And she is what many alt comedians would uh, um, call a hacky comedian but it's a really compassionate look at why a hack comedian is a hack comedian and how this woman is actually a pioneer in comedy and was one of the first women to host a late night show you know obviously even though she's a fictional character it's really moving it's like a very compassionate look at someone who maybe we wouldn't treat very compassionately because it's like, well, you're a hack comedian and you're rich, so fuck you. Which, yeah, you know, fuck rich people. But it it is lent so much humanity by Jean Smart's performance, and she's great. I will truly watch her in anything, anything, anything. And then also, I think I recommended this show when it started and I sort of dropped off with it I just tend to do that with comedies. It's no shade against the comedy in question. Um, but Shrill, I think, really stuck the landing. And this was their final season. And boy, Aidy Brian is just so dang good in everything she does. Um, and the show had a lot of very cool directors this season, uh Shaka King. If you saw Judas and the Black Messiah, he uh he directed that film and he directed a few episodes, I think, of Shrill. Um, Carrie Brownstein, very, very cool directors, and um that sort of lends the show a very unique look that is fun, I think. So do check out Shrill. I think they're on Hulu. And then finally, I have a music recommendation, which I'm excited about because I very rarely have music recommendations, usually because I forget what I'm listening to music-wise. I'll go for a walk very early in the morning and listen to something and then completely forget to recommend it to you all. So sorry, I haven't been doing my due diligence with music recommendations. But listen, I like Olivia Rodrigo and I like sour. I know there's some criticism out there of her debut album, Listen. She is a child. <laughs> and that's not to strip her of her autonomy, which I think she she is well equipped with autonomy. But um can we let baby artists just figure out their voice? I did not expect Olivia Rodrigo to have figured out her voice in her debut album. How old is she? I actually don't even know. I'm going to check right now because I have no fucking idea. 18! She's a child. Yeah. So, like, um, I think it's a really cool album. It has, you know, a, a bratty, rebellious tone. She's, she's mad at a boy. And I just applaud her for, like, making a number one album from that pain instead of writing, like, angsty fan fiction for no money like the rest of us. Fuck yeah, Olivia. She, she took all that angst and all that anger and, and pain and channeled it into art. And she's killing it. And she's really good. And I know she's just going to get better. So I think this is a great debut album. Um, It's got a a bunch of bops on it. I listened to it twice on my little walk. And yeah, I'm excited to see what she does next. She was also great on SNL when she was just on. So she's a star. She's an entertainer. She's only 18. And I'm just excited to see what she does next. I'm a fan. Thank you, Olivia. On that note, everybody, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. (gasps) Here's your bad news. So I don't want to throw shade about anybody's age because I don't want to be um, an ageist or, or anything like that and acting means that people of all ages can play all types of characters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We in, a, in the United States have a long history of older actors playing high school students. But I think this is a great example of why we should not do that because Ben Flatt looks fucking ridiculous next to children. In this trailer, he is an almost 30-year-old man in a bad wig. And it is just so funny to see him next to um, young people who can actually pass as high schoolers. Of course, everybody has been sharing the Steve Buscemi meme, you know, how do you do, fellow kids, when he is clearly an elderly man. Very funny, speaking of 30 Rock. Um, that was 30 rocket, right? Yeah, I think it was. Um, but yeah, I, I'm putting that in the bad news section because holy God. Also, if you really want to just fall down a rabbit hole of insanity, go read the Wikipedia page for the plot of Dear Evan Hansen because I bet you nine times out of ten you don't remember the exact plot. Of course, a lot of people mistake Dear Evan Hansen for Love, Simon, and they think that Dear Evan Hansen is a musical about a gay teenager. It is not about a gay teenager. Um, people probably also make that mistake because Ben Platt is starred in Dear Evan Hansen, but it is not, not about a gay teenager. Um, and go just, go read the plot if you haven't read it yet, it is fully insane. And I saw somebody on Twitter say that most musical plots are pretty unhinged. And while that is true, I would argue that Dear Evan Hansen is even more so. Uh, It has to do with basically tricking a girl into dating him. It's very creepy, actually. But do go read it uh, to just go on that fun ride. Should I do a bonus episode just unpacking the plot of Dear Evan Hansen? Because <laughs> I kind of want to talk about it right now, but it would take the entirety of the hour, and we just don't have the time. But uh, let me know. Hashtag Light and Pod. Would you be interested in a bonus app where we just literally talk about the plot of Dear Evan Hansen? So, also in bad news the capital insurrection when hundreds of uh, far right uh how you say terrorists invaded the capital um in a very scary moment the house was calling for a commission to investigate what happened who knew what if there were any say elected officials who were helping the insurgents from the inside you know things of that nature to find out if there are terrorists in the house right now um and the house voted to advance the commission obviously you know mitch mcconnell in the senate has said that he plans to be a little bitch about it and and um you know, defeat the bill, but we'll see. But a lot of people were applauding the 35 House Republicans who voted for the commission, and I would just like to say that it's not a victory that only 35 Republicans in the House voted um, to voted against the terrorists. Um, the the Republicans who broke with their party were, of course, Liz Cheney, Tom Rice, Dan Newsom, Anthony Gonzalez, Adam Kinzinger, Fred Upton, Jaime uh, Butler, Peter Mayer, John Katko, David Valdeo, Tom Reed, Don Bacon, John Curtis, Brian Fitzpatrick, Andrew Barbarino. <gasps> Tony Gonzalez, Dusty Johnson, David Joyce, Chris Smith, I didn't realize how many names there would be when I started reading, Van Taylor, Chris Jacobs, David McKinley, Jeff Fortenberry, um, Maria Salazar, Five Golden Rings, Marionette Miller-Meek, Steve Womack, uh, It's Almost Over, Stephanie Bice, French Hill, Mike Simpson, Rodney Davis, Blake Moore, Michael Guest, Trey Hollingworth. Carlos Jimenez, and, of course, Big Cliff Benz. Uh, so I wanted to read those names because, unfortunately, they are still very much the minority within the Republican Party. They should get credit for voting for this commission. I It's just so wild to me that it's like, this is just a commission to, like, figure out what happened exactly And still that many Republicans were like, no. So no one should be surprised when there is like an insurrection at the Capitol. Because the insurrectionists know that they have a lot of friends on the inside. So much so that it turned out like some representatives were sharing intel with the insurrectionists. So we shouldn't be surprised when those Republicans won't even vote for an investigation into what happened. So that's why I'm putting it in the bad news section. I do feel like we're still watching a slow motion coup happening. I don't feel like that coup ended on January 6th. I feel like that was the most, so far, visible aspect of it. But I feel like it's still ongoing because now in the aftermath of it, we can't even get on the same page in calling it, A, a terrorist event, And B, figuring out how we should respond to it having happened. Like, well, can we at least have a commission? No. All right, great. So we're just guaranteeing that something like this will happen again. So also in bad news, I wanted to talk about Texas. Feel free to boo as loud as you like. Uh, If you live in Texas, no shade. It's just that your state is completely out of control, But you know that. Governor Abbott on Wednesday signed into law a so-called heartbeat ban abortion bill, barring most abortions at the onset of a fetal heartbeat, which can occur as early as six weeks into pregnancy and before many people know that they are even pregnant. Um, The bill SB-8 requires that abortion providers check for a fetal heartbeat before performing an abortion and bans them from carrying out the procedure if one is detected. It makes exceptions if a physician believes a medical emergency exists, but not for instances of rape or incest, citing that public and private agencies provide emergency contraception for victims of rape or incest. So of course, this measure joins um, a bunch of state abortion bans in 2021 with many Republican-led state legislatures advancing restrictions on the procedure at a renewed pace that could eclipse the similar wave we saw in 2019, which was bad in itself. Um, The bill runs starkly counter to and largely seeks to overturn Roe v. Wade, the 1973 landmark Supreme Court decision legalizing abortion nationwide prior to viability, which typically occurs at around 24 weeks of pregnancy. So uh, Abbott signing this comes on the heels of the Supreme Court on Monday, agreeing to take up a key abortion case uh, next term concerning a controversial Mississippi law that banned most abortions after 15 weeks. So obviously this scared the shit out of everyone because this could be the conservatives' moment to finally, finally kill Roe v. Wade, which is what, it's been their wet dream forever, you know. The second the Supreme Court upheld Roe v. Wade, the conservatives have been working to get it thrown out. And in all likelihood, they will be successful. I would be shocked if they're, if they're not successful because they've pretty much rigged the courts for that very thing to happen. That's been their dream. They've been working very hard to achieve it. Now they're poised to do it. Unless there's something shocking that happens, which, you know, never rule it out with the Supreme Court, Roe v. Wade um, might very well uh, be, be doomed. Having said that, that of course won't stop abortion. <laughs> it's like what conservatives don't seem to understand. There will always be abortion. Wealthy people will always have access to abortion. The reason this is so disastrous is it's going to be a next to impossible for many, many poor women, usually women of color, to receive um, necessary medical care. And that will force them to either travel hundreds of miles to receive an abortion um, and spend a lot of money and maybe like lose their jobs, their income, stuff like that. Or it will force them to engage in really dangerous medical procedures um, because it will effectively drive abortion underground. It will not stop abortion. It will just endanger people's lives who uh, seek out an abortion. So this will get people killed, guaranteed, Um, which is why it's disastrous. And I'm putting it in the bad news section, and it's super bad news. Of course, the second anything like this happens, there are immediate legal challenges, usually by Planned Parenthood and the ACLU. So if you're inclined to give money to organizations that are fighting uh, stuff like this, fighting conservatives to put <laughs> can, uh, put big government between uh, people and their doctor, which apparently is something that conservatives are into now. I don't know. I don't really understand their political philosophy anymore. But if you would like to protect people and, and keep uh, people free to make their own medical decisions, maybe kick some money over to Planned Parenthood and... Uh, the ACLU. Man, I got to say, so I said at the top of the show that I had just lost my main uh, source of income. And that of course included my medical benefits. Hey. But I got to say some of the best medical care I ever had was when I had Medicaid and I could go to Planned Parenthood. So I'm actually pretty jazzed that I can go back to Planned Parenthood now. The loss of the other benefits sucks. I just paid $150 for a vision test. Our medical system is fucked. But uh, Planned Parenthood is the best. And I even when I had private health care... It's next to impossible to find an uh, an OBGYN in the city with open uh, uh, appointments right now, probably because of the pandemic. But I couldn't even find a gyno in the city. I was like, can I please go back to Planned Parenthood? And they were like, no, sorry, we only take Medicaid. And I was like, well, shit, I don't know how I'm going to get an appointment. So uh, Planned Parenthood's the best. Send them money if you can. And then finally, everybody, I'm going to put this in the bad news section just because it's like too little too late at this point. And also, I am just so disgusted by so many comments I've seen on this issue. But I wanted to talk about Israel and Palestine and the current um, ceasefire that that Israel has tentatively agreed to, at least for the moment. Um, so... Joe Biden was extremely slow to call for a ceasefire. Um, At the beginning of the week, Biden uh, made it clear he wasn't calling for a ceasefire so much as saying he'd support one (laughs) if it magically happened. He blocked a United Nations Security Council resolutions three times calling for a ceasefire. And he repeatedly said he supports Israel's right to defend itself, which is so fucking bull. It's such a non. Ugh. The United States supplies Israel with Israel. It's weapons. So you can't just be like, oh, well, they're just defending themselves. It's like, no, 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 no. There is no Israel. There is no Israeli army without the United States. So we can't just wipe our hands of it like that and say, well, they're just making this decision on their own. The fuck they are. If we don't send them $3 billion in military support, they don't have a fucking army to kill babies. Period. So, and I'm fucking sick of seeing people who are like praying for both sides. Well, one side has 10 times the casualty of the other one. So pick a fucking lane. If you don't like seeing dead babies, stop supporting Israel. Period. Right? It's better you say nothing than say praying for both sides. Praying for a ceasefire. Like, are you fucking delusional? One side has All of the missiles that are killing all of the civilians. And guess what? We bought them. So you don't get to just say, well, you know, Israel has the right to defend itself. Flint doesn't have clean water. We're sending $3 billion for missiles? The fuck? Again, pick a lane. You don't get to say, well, I'm neutral on the issue. Because your government's supplying all of the weapons. So if you don't like that, speak the fuck up. Or say you support the killing of civilians, because that's literally the choice right now. And this bullshit of, like, where are the Palestinian gandhis They're fucking dead, all right? And that's why we have Hamas now. And by the way, the majority of Palestinians don't support Hamas. And we have international laws against collective punishment. So even if you don't like Hamas, you don't get to punish all of the Palestinians because you don't like Hamas. They're also locked in a landmass half the size of Washington, D.C. So these targeted, quote-unquote, killings of terrorists you're talking about, they don't fucking exist. And Israel is targeting the press. Go talk to the AP reporters who had their building demolished in the latest bombing campaign. Like, Israel's committing war crimes on the daily. They have a right to defend themselves. They have an iron dome. They are protected. And by the way, this still doesn't excuse any acts of anti-Semitism because I know there's been a lot of fear. Um, We've seen a lot of anti-Semitism on the extreme right. You can criticize Israel's policies without being an anti-Semitic piece of shit. And anti-Semitism is a real thing. It's a very terrifying, scary thing. Um, Anybody who is targeting Jewish individuals either in their rhetoric or, or, you know, physically attacking them, you're a piece of shit terrorist. And nothing excuses that type of disgusting behavior. So we also have to be mindful of that, right? Um, But that doesn't mean we can't criticize Israel. But we, we do have to be aware that we live in a really scary time where... The extreme right is accruing a lot of power and a lot of support, even within our government. And we see it all the time online, you know, the extreme right targeting Jewish individuals. And and we can't let that happen. If you see it, you need to be like, hey, that's fucking bullshit. It's not cool. It doesn't matter if you're pissed off at Israel's policies. You need to separate that from how you feel about Jewish people. Because anti Semitism, I'm going to say it, it's whack, and I do not support it. So, on that note, everybody, that was a lot of bad. Let's end things on a good note, shall we? Here's your good news. my god we have to talk about the ongoing decline of matt gates it is truly spectacular and it is so wild to see it at a time where QAnon is so active and vocal and yet completely uninterested in one of their little conspiracy theories playing out in real time but for real like here we have an actual sex trafficking scandal and QAnon's just sort of like yeah but we want to talk about adrenal glands more and it's like what so if you missed the latest news of course there was the the, <laughs> the story about Joel Greenberg who was a friend of Matt Gates, pleading guilty to six federal charges which was a really bad sign for Matt Gates because uh, the feds don't take plea deals unless they get something in return. So it was pretty clear immediately that Joel Greenberg had flipped on his old buddy, Matt Gates, and given them something that was real juicy. Uh, Since then, things have gotten even worse for Matt Gates, if you can imagine that. Uh, His ex-girlfriend has agreed to cooperate with federal authorities in the investigation as well which is also a super bad sign because if she has agreed, that means they scared her enough, um, possibly because they got some some bit of evidence that she was aiding and abetting or assisting in some way, and she has now agreed to cooperate with them. So that looks like another plea deal. Um, she is a former Capitol Hill staffer. She's seen as a critical witness. She's been linked to Gates as far back as the summer of 2017, a period of time that has emerged as a key window of scrutiny for investigators. She can also help investigators understand the relevance of hundreds of transactions they've obtained records of, including those involving alleged payments for sex. So she was right place, right time, and she knows their uh, vernacular and jargon, uh, which is real bad for Matt Gates. This all seems to point to him being real fucked. And again, QAnon doesn't seem very interested, where it's like, but here's one of those examples of someone who was um, engaged in trafficking with a 17-year-old girl. Um, And Gates, of course, has repeatedly denied ever having sex with a minor or paying for sex, but it looks real bad for him, and... For some reason, uh, the great anti-child trafficking movement, QAnon, isn't very interested. Now, cynical people might think that's because Matt Gates is a conservative, and perhaps QAnon isn't nonpartisan, and they're only interested, interested in accusing uh, liberals of insane conspiracy theories. So, like, reality doesn't really register for them. Um, but if they're in any way interested in encountering in that appearance, they could any day, I don't know, acknowledge what's happening with Matt Gates. I mean, maybe they have, but they've denied it. I actually don't know. Um, or, or said that it's like a witch hunt, which they love to claim, but I'm putting this in the good news section. Cause I think it's very funny. I think it's very funny that every day it gets worse for him. Um, Oh, yeah. Greenberg also, when he agreed to help the feds, immediately 27 of the 33 charges against him were wiped away. So, you know, is that a good thing that a guy who is doing shady, illegal, morally reprehensible stuff gets to walk? It's not a good thing. But those are the deals the feds make, and again, it just spells disaster for Matt Gates. So also in good news, speaking of legality and um, really just fucking somebody, a while ago in Light Treason News, we were talking about the fact that in all likelihood Trump won't ever go to jail, won't ever see any dire sort of um, consequences for his illegal behavior and the Trump organization's legal behavior. But what we said was, in all likelihood, he will be tied up in courts until he is dead, especially because, like, uh, federal investigator investigators, but also state attorney's office, once they uh, smell blood, they really don't ever stop coming for you. And that appears to be exactly what is happening right now. Um, New York's attorney general just added criminal capacity to the probe of the Trump organization. Um, This investigation, of course, has been underway since 2019, and it started as a civil probe, but the office recently informed the Trump organization that now there is this criminal component. That's different, obviously, but it's also like, a huge step up in terms of seriousness for the Trump organization. Um, So it also means that the probe is way more uh, wide sweeping than we originally thought, which is also just spells disaster (laughs) for the Trump organization. Of course, uh, Trump has called uh, the investigation corrupt He immediately started uh, crying little baby tears about it. Um, A person familiar with the investigation told CNN, uh, a couple of investigators with the New York Attorney General's office who are steeped in knowledge about the Trump Organization have joined the district attorney's team. That's a really bad (laughs) sign for the Trump Organization. A different person familiar with the, with the matter said the New York Attorney General is still conducting a civil investigation. I think they're doing both, probably. Um, and of course, Trump has accused the New York's uh, Attorney General office of being politically motivated, like he's not. But um, yeah, this is another really, really bad sign, uh, slash, good news. Because they would not have done this unless they had a lot of evidence that supported them expanding the probe into criminality and not just a civil probe. Um, So I'm putting in the good news because, again, look, you all know I'm a pessimist. I don't think Trump's ever going to go to jail, mostly because former presidents do not go to jail in the United States. We just don't do it. George W. Bush is a war criminal and he gets to walk around every day and he's doing his dumb little paintings and everybody's like, yeah, he's so awesome. When it's like, no, he's a a war criminal. He should be in prison for the rest of his life. But we don't send former presidents to jail in the United States. So I don't think that Trump or actually any one of his immediate associates will ever go to jail. I don't think Ivanka or Jared or anybody Eric, Don Jr., nobody's going to go to jail. But potentially what could happen is this could get dragged on and on and on and on and on in courts for years, potentially decades, really drain their resources, drain them of money, and also really just drain them of brand appeal. You know, like The name Trump is very, very damaged right now, and it could potentially become even more damaged if they start to get criminal convictions. No one's going to want to do business with them. And for a a man who really prides himself on being a businessman, Trump, even though like obviously he's inflated his wealth and he's not uh, anywhere near as good at business as he's claiming to be, That's his brand, right? Like Ivanka had this whole plan post-presidency that she was basically going to have like, if not like a health and wellness brand, like a fashion label, like Ivanka, that was going to help her sell products. And at least so far, it doesn't really seem to have gone that way because a lot of people hate the Trumps and they're, they're very alienating and there's a stigma on their name and they are a risk if you're an investor and that's not what they wanted they really wanted their profile raised so they could make a lot of money off of the presidency and now they've kind of been driven underground which for a family like them is sort of worse than prison (laughs) to be made irrelevant to be forced to the margins to have to hide Trump can't even get on Twitter. He's got some dumb blog now that most of his supporters probably can't even figure out how to find or read. Or if they do know how to read it, they probably don't read it on a daily basis because it's just a pain to go to that website. Like, this is not the post-presidency vision he had in his head at all. So in that sense, it's very satisfying. That's why I'm putting in the good news section May his every day be tied up in litigation. I hope the feds just never let go and just never stop investigating the Trump organization. Truly, there are probably federal prosecutors that will make a career out of this. And I think that's good. I don't think they should ever give that family a day's moment of peace, you know, the criminal trail of the Trump organization is unending. And I'm sure there's all sorts of international business connections. I mean, it could probably go on forever. So if at the very least, all we get out of this is that it is a huge inconvenience for Trump and something that he just has to deal with day in, day out, and it just is mentally torturing him, it's good news. I consider it good news. I truly think it's the most we're going to get. I really don't think he will ever, as I said, go to jail. I don't think any of his children will go to jail. But if they just keep taking his money for a man like Trump, that's a fate worse than death, you know? For everybody to know that he's a broke bitch and he drove his business into the ground and now he has no cachet, oof, Oof! That is truly a fate worse than death. So everybody, uh, if you have any recommendations, if you have any uh, weird or wild stories or stories that the stories that you tell at a party that everybody's like, what? patreoncom slash Kilkenny. If you had any thoughts about today's episode, hashtag Light, Trees, and Pod. Unless you are writing me to defend um, Israel killing Palestinian babies. That's an automatic block, everybody. I don't want to debate that with you because you're a garbage person with garbage philosophies. And I'm not going to spend energy fighting with you. So blockity block block. But if you had any thoughts uh, about anything else, hashtag Light Pod. Um, hopefully... In the next couple weeks, I'm going to have Eric on the show in person, live—not live, but uh, I haven't recorded in person with somebody in over a year, so that's going to be wild. He's visiting the city, uh, so that'll be super fun. But yeah, as I said, everybody, if you are a fan of the show, now is a critical time to support, so patreon.com slash allisonkilkenny or lighttreason.news. If you have, like, no interest in Patreon or Patreon perks or anything like that, go to Light Treason, our website, and donate there. If you do want to skip the line, that's what Patreon's for. Um, And, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. I really, really appreciate the support. Like, truly, my precious babies, especially at this time. You are keeping the show afloat. You're keeping me afloat. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and I almost never have commercials on the show because of support. I'm 100% listener supported, so that means you. Now, if you are unable to contribute at this time, totally fine. I know shit is hard for everyone, but in that case, it really, really helps to go uh, subscribe, uh, rate, and review the podcast that's how we uh, uh, make the charts and stuff like that and if you've done all of that if you're like Allison I've already given you a five-star review I've already financially supported the show you can just tell your friends about the show especially on Instagram that really helps as well uh tagging the show we need uh more followers on Instagram that's mostly my fault because I just don't promote the show as much as I should but yeah like that's free word of mouth you know Just tell people about us. Be like, well, if you like pop culture and you like politics, you should listen to Light Trees and News. Um, We're a political show that won't make you want to die by suicide after listening to very, very heavy topics sometimes. (laughs) Because we also talk about, like, Shrill and Ben Platt's stupid hair in that very bad trailer. I'm sorry if you enjoyed it, by the way. I know there are a lot of people who really enjoyed um, Dear Evan Hansen. No shade. It's just not how you say for me. But if it's for you and you love it, go with God. Yes. Please follow us everywhere on all forms of social media except Facebook because I'm off Facebook now because fuck Facebook, right? um yeah and thanks so much for listening everyone and while you're at it stay inside although I don't know what should my new sign-off be because I can't say stay inside anymore because the CDC has been like you can go outside okay so uh, uh go outside how did, I, <laughs> how did I used to end this show and while you're at it Get out there and cause a little trouble. As long as you're vaccinated, I guess I'll start ending it that way, right? Tell me if you hate that. All right, bye.